podcast where we talk about major touchstones in pop culture and explain them to you so that you can participate in conversations about those things. I'm Courtney. I'm Shannon. I'm Tana. And we are super excited. We are wrapping up our Halloween month here by talking about zombies. Shannon is so I'm excited. I'm so <laughs> Shannon, you can't see her right now. We'll post a picture on the blog. But Shannon has gotten all decked out in zombie attire. Which, by <laughs> this the way, is my zombie survival gear, by the way. <laughs> my friend had said, you don't look like a zombie. No. I'm like, no. I'm like, this is for my Daryl Dixon costume, actually. Oh, very nice. But... Yes. Yeah, I love the makeup also around your eye that looks like a bruise. It is very well done. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah. Gotta so, get in the spirit of all of this. For sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking about zombie uh, literature, and that encompasses not just like books and stories, but also movies and TV shows and the whole works. Um, we're maybe, gonna be some maybe some music. Maybe some music. So yeah, we wanted to start out, um, we usually like to talk about how we first got exposed to whatever we're talking about. So we're going to start with Tana. Um, Tana is not as into zombies as Shannon, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so talk to us about like your first exposure to zombies. Uh, so I um, didn't grow up watching a lot of horror, uh, horror movies, surprisingly. I didn't get into them until I was a little bit older. I don't think I watched my first zombie film until I was in college, and it was actually 28 Days Later, which I think we'll talk a little bit more about later. Um, but I that, I watched it on a first date with a person, and we ended up just, like, <laughs> kissing for the last little bit of it. So, like, that is how much I cared about zombies was, like, it was, like, It's really disturbing considering the plot of that movie. I know. <laughs> Okay. I wasn't paying attention to the plot. That's what I'm trying to say. I was not paying attention to the plot. I was more interested in the person I was with. So yeah. Although uh, using scary things as a means toward like making out. By the way, classic. holding hands. Yeah, classic. that's like a trope. Okay, that, that is, is how, a trope. That is how my husband and I started it's holding hands. So yeah, my husband and I had the same experience. Although it was an episode of Psych, so obviously <laughs> not that scary. But yeah, I totally, I totally pretended to be scareder than I was so that I could hold his hand. Yeah, you, you, you scare so you like you get you cuddle and get close and like. Tips for Shannon. I don't think Thank we started you. kissing until it was over, but like it definitely <laughs> here it was set. This is what I need to do to get married. It was set up. Whatever. You don't need the no closeness. Man. You don't need no man, Shannon. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to derail you. No, that was it. I, I and I, I think that there's a lot to be mined, and I think we're gonna have a great discussion. Uh, but zombies are my least favorite uh, horror trope. Thank you for once again indulging me. Yes, because I love it so much. Um, yeah, for me, I like. So when I was in college, zombies became really popular, and I did not get the the appeal. I was just like, that's kind of dumb. They're just like they're not even scary. They're slow, <laughs> and they just go brrrr. It's like that's not scary. Um, and then, so my husband and I got married and he was into zombies and he checked out the audiobook of World War Z and we went on a road trip and he was like, I need a story so that I can stay awake while I'm driving. And I was like, fair enough. So we started listening to the audiobook of World War Z and it is so good. <laughs> and I was just like, this is fascinating. Like why zombies, I like all of a sudden I understood why zombies were scary <clears throat> and why this genre was so fascinating for so many people. So, <laughs> yeah. That was my that was my introduction to zombies. Hey, what about hey. you, Shannon? <laughs> um, so I said in our last episode how much I liked thriller growing up, and there are zombies. I'm counting that. <laughs> I was obsessed with thriller. 
um, and they're zombies coming out of the ground. Um, but really, it was Walking Dead that did it, um, which only started in 2010, I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. So that's not that long. Um, but yeah, I when I like something, I feel like I go all in on the thing <laughs> and just obsess about it. So I've watched a lot more zombie stuff since then. Um, I quickly, I have on my notes, like the reasons I like zombies. I'm going to tell you now and we'll see where this comes up through the episode. Um, I like zombies because they reflect our fears, uh, usually of whatever time period the zombie thing was created in. They're a reflection of ourselves, um, like literally because they're humans <laughs> that have been woken up from being dead, um, but they usually like bring out our best or worst selves. Um, and they're not usually the villain of the story. It's like a means to show how terrible humans are, uh, which I find utterly fascinating. So there's a lot of psychological kind of stuff to be mined for that. But yeah. anyway, we can get into the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so in preparation for this, we're t- I mean, zombies is such a broad category. Um, we've all kind of watched different things um, from, all, I don't know, lots of different periods. Um, so basically what we're going to be doing is we're going to kind of go through what we have watched slash read slash listened to and give, we're not going to do like a lot of plot synopsis here, guys. We're just going to kind of you say, can go watch it all and it's glory ourselves. Glory, glory. Yeah, so we're going to, we're just going to do a really quick overview of like what that thing is. So that way, if we reference it during our main conversation, you can follow along. Um, and then at the end, so we're going to have a conversation about zombies, and then at the end we will give you recommendations so that if you are not, like, heavily into zombies, as, like, <laughs> Shannon is, um, you can, you know, use these recommendations to kind of get a best of. The Z-list. The Z-list. <laughs> Very nice. I like that. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's start with, so the first, what is widely recognized to be the first zombie movie was... White zombie. And can I actually backtrack a teeny bit from that even? Um, So I just have been looking through this book. So just to like start it out how white zombie happened was that the first like mention of zombies, at least in America, like Mm -hmm. um, why it started becoming popular was from this guy, William Seabrook, who's in Haiti. And he wrote a book called The Magic Island. And this is where he started talking about like this is 1928 about all kind of the voodoo and things happening in Haiti. So yeah, bring on white zombie. The popularity of that book and the stories within it <laughs> kind of made white zombie happen. Yeah. So white zombie is um, the first zombie movie. Um, it was made in 1932. It stars Bella Lugosi, which is great. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. <clears throat> so you always <laughs> see these shots of Bella Lugosi as. Dracula especially and it's always this like really intense like vampire stare it has like he does the same thing in my hobby it's just all these shots of his eyes so great (laughs) and his Mm. brow did you know that he did this movie because so he did Dracula and they offered him like the mummy or something Frankenstein I think it was actually which ended up going he thought he was too good for it so Boris (laughs) Karloff did it Boris Karloff got way more popular than Bela Lugosi and so he was like, okay, I have to do this. I'm broke. And yeah. so he did this movie. Interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, so this movie is about like a, a voodoo guy played by Bella Gossi in Haiti who um, none of the zombies are actually dead. They kind of fake these people's deaths and he puts them into like a voodoo trance. They do his bidding. 
that's yep. that's basically yeah. what it is. Yep. Yep. And it's the the guy that I it's this couple that's getting married mm-hmm. and the one who's kind of like what uh, hosting them there mm-hmm. loves the woman so he's like, "Well, I want her to be mine." And so mm-hmm. they change her into a zombie. <laughs> it's yeah. So ridiculous. It's great. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Also, okay, so side note. So watching that, I watched it on YouTube. Oh, uh-huh. And uh <laughs> I could not understand anything that oh. they were saying. I was just like, I think this is that. So I ended up going on Wikipedia and following along with the plot. So did I. <laughs> anyway, so if yeah. you do want to watch that, just be forewarned. It's on YouTube, though. Right? Yeah. It is on Prime also with subtitles. So if you oh. have Amazon Prime, it's there. Well, dang it. I have That's that. what I should have done. Yeah, yeah. sorry. That's okay. That's fine. It's fine. I did watch it with subtitles and they do work <laughs> wonderfully. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Um... So yeah, that's White Zombie. Yeah. The one I watched, and I think Tana has seen from this era, I Walked with a Zombie. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just heard of it. No, I read about it. I have not actually seen okay. it. Um, so this one I saw, so this is 1943, so a little bit later, but also going back to like the Haitian voodoo <laughs> kind of things going on. Um, there's this nurse that gets sent to the West Indies. Um, she gets a job there, and she's supposed to be taking care of this man's wife and you don't see until like a little ways into the movie that she um like that the wife is kind of in this like zombie like state um and they don't she's in this trance and they can't get her out of it and so the nurse and the doctor are supposed to kind of like get her out of it um what you come to find out I mean just spoil it slightly but um it was so there's also um the woman's husband it's like this family that kind of runs things in the West Indies and like has a lot of money and whatnot. The brother was having an affair with this woman and the mom got so mad that this was like breaking up their family that she wished that the wife like were dead basically. And she, um, so she goes to like the voodoo, what would you, I'm going to sound politically incorrect if I try to say any words here, but, um, she like goes to whoever's practicing this voodoo and like they put this curse on her and so that's what it comes down to. But um, it was interesting that one though because the mother is also a nurse or a doctor and um, she kind of like uses the voodoo to get them to take whatever medicine they need to to get better. Or she like kind of speaks their language to get them healthy. So it's interesting. But anyway. Um, and then mm-hmm. the next one would be Night of the Living Dead. Is that right? Uh, yeah, do we want to talk a little bit about like this, or do we want to wait until the end and then talk about <laughs> zombies at <laughs> this time? Because Romero is like a huge shit. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Um, like, so this one, I, yeah, it, I talked about how um, it, zombies through the times kind of like, People are interested in them, especially in America, because it reflects whatever fears they have. And at the time, the U.S. had occupied Haiti. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of these films come out because people were worried about, like, what was happening there. And, I mean, they have, like, again, really politically incorrect, I'm sure, thoughts about, like, the people being savage or whatnot. And so these movies were sort of an expression of like what they thought was actually happening in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Um, Which it's actually like kind of a sad corruption of what happened the, in the reading I did. It, it like originates in the Haitian like method, like lore and stuff. Um, 
but it's also like further back than that they like if you killed yourself without dying naturally that you became basically a zombie and there was a guy um later on in the 80s uh, wade davis the scientist who went to haiti and like tried to explore this more and like you you're smiling tana like you've maybe seen the, the serpent in the rainbow yeah called <laughs> serpent in the rainbow which Wes craven i believe made i haven't watched this one but i haven't seen the movie either but i've read a lot he made it into a movie which i don't think has anything to do with the book yeah the, the, <laughs> the only similarities between them from what i've heard is that a dude goes to haiti to study zombies and then they are completely different yeah <laughs> Um, but in this case, he found, like, there was a powder of a fish there. You can maybe speak more to this. A but, zombie powder that, like... Yeah, like, actually put people into this, like, this trance-like state. Hmm. Um, yeah, and we see in, like, White Zombie, he's kind of... Bill Gossi is using this for labor, right, mm-hmm. to, like, bring people back so they can just be slaves for yeah. him. Yeah. So, I don't know, it stems from, like, really real stuff which is cool yeah. and creepy. <laughs> yeah. But but then, like, there's this big shift, like you were saying, that, like, once we moved out of, like, that being kind of our, our cultural preoccupation, that we get into the George Romero stuff mm-hmm. of... You probably can explain better. Yeah. Yeah. No, so... Romero! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's... So, skipping, like, all the way ahead to... I get... I didn't write down what your Night of the Living Dead was. That 60s? 68. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um... Yeah, and Romero passed away earlier this year, and he's mm-hmm. just, like, the, he's the king. He's the reason every, like, zombie thing stems from stuff he put together in mm-hmm. his films, so. Which is so interesting. He doesn't use the word zombie in the first one. Night of the yeah. Living Dead, they're ghouls. Yeah. They're not yeah. zombies. Because he's still, he's still thinking of zombies in the old, like, Haitian slave, yeah. like, context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um... So maybe we can talk about Night of the Living Dead yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so this one, I mean, the plot of it's fairly simple. You've got, I'm going to forget names terribly, but um, you have Barb and I think her brother Johnny that are like laying, um, they go to a, a cemetery to leave flowers and end up finding the zombies (laughs) and so Johnny gets killed by them Barb runs away and kind of finds this house and then um finds this other man Ben who they kind of hole up in this house and board the windows and they're going to use this as their um fortress or whatnot and then you find out there are other people in the cellar and so um yeah, it kind of... <laughs> the most interesting part to me is the end, so... Yeah. Um, I've got some things to say. Great. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, throughout, they're kind of arguing, should we be in the cellar, should we be in the first floor of the house, and it kind of goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it kind of all ends up is they... The couple that's living in the cellar has a little girl that has been sick and turns into a zombie, and so they either get killed by her or, you know, the other zombies get in. And so basically everyone's dead except for Ben in the mm-hmm. end, and he um, has his gun out. He's like, he comes out. He's trapped in the cellar when all the zombies are rushing to the door, and so you think, oh, he's if he tries to get out, there's going to be all these zombies. But somehow, like, Morton comes and the zombies are gone. I don't know if they, like, gave up on them or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but he comes out. But there are other people that are all um, kind Hunt of around zombies. these. Huh? Hunting zombies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess this is the point where I should say that Ben is black and everyone else is white. 
and he so he comes out and he's kind of checking for zombies and the other guys are checking to make sure there's no one in the house they see Ben and go oh get that one and shoot him dead mm-hmm. so in the end it's the humans that kill him not the zombies um I find this incredibly <laughs> um, I find this interesting because Romero didn't set out to make a film about race mm-hmm. but the most popular actor at the time or like the best person that was available to do this film he just happened to be black I'm sorry I don't have the actor's name but Dwayne Jones Dwayne yeah. Jones um, so it totally like spun it. it it seems like with Romero's films he kind of um, by circumstance he ends up with a certain scenery or certain actors and then he changes it to be like a cultural commentary <laughs> so this one was like yeah it feels very much like about civil rights and stuff yep. and interestingly so when Romero wrote the role the first, of Ben the first time like when he was had the script he, he was an uneducated white like backwater stereotype like yeah. so he spoke like a hillbilly basically but he was going to be played by a, like a white man and then when, when they auditioned uh, Jones, they were just blown away. And Jones was like, I'm not playing this character. And so a lot of the like dialogue, Jones himself actually adapted to be like not a stereotype. Like yeah. to make it a lot, like to mm-hmm. elevate it a lot. And which he's is the so smartest cool. one by far. Oh, yeah. He's the only one with his wits about him. Yeah. Barb's sitting here like, oh, Johnny's dead. Bob. Like freaking <laughs> out the whole time. Yeah. So. Um, one of the, uh, I would super recommend if y'all have time, any of you listeners, uh, there's a podcast called Code Switch. Um, it's an NPR podcast. Uh, there is an episode that was done around the time that Get Out came out, and it's um, the host, Gene Demby, and a guest host, Eric Deggins, talk about Get Out and, um, like, blackness and race in horror movies. Hmm. Um, And this is actually one that they talk about as having flipped the switch because up until that point, and honestly still, the the black person is the first person to die in a horror movie. And they talk about, it's really interesting, um, there's this book called uh, Horror Noir, which is uh, about like blackness in cinema over the years um, that I that is like on my wish list, <laughs> the top of my wish list. Um, but it talks about how a part of the reason for that is that the scariest thing for white audiences is a big, strong black man um, with a weapon. And so a lot of the time that the, the evil in the film in a horror movie kills that off to prove how much scarier it is. Mm. The, that it is like, that is like setting the stakes of like, if this thing can kill what you think is the scariest, it's even scarier. And then like, when the white dude comes in at the end and saves the day, then he's the best of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and this like, they talk about how this flipped the script on that. This has, this is a dude who makes it all the way to the end and like, is killed, killed by, by a white villain, honestly. Like yeah. you're rooting for Ben the yeah. whole time. You like yeah. so badly want him to survive and just is not to be. Um, this also kind of makes its way then into the second one, Dawn of the Dead. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Again, at the beginning of that, and I don't know which of you has seen it on any of these. So, I haven't. Um, at the beginning of that too, you have um, I, you have a group of people that are trying to like get rid of zombies. Would you call them like tenements or it kind of in yeah. this community? And they're trying to get rid of the zombies, but, like, the people living there, like, don't really want to give up the zombies, or... Anyway, you have a white guy, it's mainly, like, 
black families living in uh-huh. these buildings and you have a white guy that just kind of comes through and starts shooting everyone like both the zombies and the people who are still obviously living and it's really clear in this film because of the color Night of the Living Dead is fucking white Donovan is in color and it's like they're really like I gray painted <laughs> it's really cheesy looking but um, so it's very clear which ones are zombies and which aren't. So this guy's just coming through, like, killing everyone and going crazy. And you're like, ah. Like, if people still yeah. think that way, it's really frustrating. Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. But meant to be social commentary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that one, um, Dawn of the Dead is so, I can recommend it podcast too but it's kind of older but there's a guy at the University of Alabama that taught like a zombie class and so did a podcast <laughs> and they do a theme every episode but anyway um Dawn of the Dead they were talking about primarily how it's like consumerism and kind of like social commentary on that mm-hmm. um so the people in this one um go to a mall um, and that's kind of the whole setting of this and again Romero just like after the success of Night of the Living Dead happened to have someone who's like well, you can use this as your setting. Yeah. And so it changed, again, like, the whole um, moral of the movie or, like, the commentary within the movie. Um, so they're in this mall, and the main thing to get out of that, I guess, is that they have zombies constantly trying to get in, and their comment on it is, like, well, why do they want to keep coming to this mall? And it's that, like, it's what they know. They keep coming back to that because they've yeah. always shopped. And so it's interesting that they were consumers. Now they're, like, literally... Consumers, consumers as a human flesh <laughs> um, and so but there's that interesting like like while they're talking about that like they're doing the same thing like they go yeah. to the mall and putting this like hedonistic like we can do everything we have yes. everything like <laughs> like mine 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 like and we're gonna protect this because it's ours yeah and they're like I don't know wearing mink coats uh-huh. and like yeah. and, like using stuff that they don't need in this mall and so yeah it's very interesting. I should say, too, um, I didn't save Night of the Living Dead. Like, the big shift between, like, older zombie movies and here is that Night of the Living Dead was the first time where zombies, like, actually ate people. <laughs> um, the cannibalism of it, which I've never, I have never thought of zombies as cannibals because I don't consider them human. <laughs> um, but I can see how that, it, like, makes it a whole lot scarier. Um so yeah, that was not a thing before, but now these people literally want to eat you, and there are people that look like your friends and family mm-hmm. that are wanting to eat you. I, um, that we can talk more about that like at the end, like when we talk about all of the iterations of different yeah. zombie movies. But like cannibalism is like a litmus test some people use. Like I was trying to figure out if certain things qualified, and people are like, if it doesn't have cannibalism, they're not. It's not a zombie film. I was like, well, then White Zombie's not a zombie film. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's not. <laughs> that wasn't the original zombie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. I don't know if I have too much. Do you guys have more to say on the other Romero films? Or I know that you wanted to talk about Evil Dead, Tanner. Uh, yeah. Or... So um, I, this is actually the, one of the points of contention. I consider <laughs> Evil Dead to be at least partially a zombie film. If the original zombie, like, was this sort of, like, voodoo kind of possessed 
like at least the Americanized iteration of it was this kind of like possessed and and like taken over like and reanimated essentially. Then Evil Dead counts, um, <laughs> and Evil Dead is is like the place from which all of the cabin in the woods like teens in a cabin in the woods uh, stems like that it, that is like the nucleus. Um, Bruce Campbell is the star, and boy is he a star. Uh, a bunch of friends head out to a cabin in the woods, and while they're out there, they uh, find this book. There's, I guess, this um, a dude had been there and was studying kind of this occult stuff. They find a book. They read from it's called the Necronomicon. They read from it, and it basically wakes up this um, demon that has been uh, like dormant for a while. And the demon comes and then starts possessing them. And the only way that these they they call they're once they've been possessed they're called deadites. So they're kind of like a zombie demon hybrid. Um, but the only way to kill them is to remove the head and bury them. So it's a similar mm. like zombie idea of like yeah. in order to yeah. kill it you have to. Um, and and they are. Uh, I feel like they're actually a good bridge to like the from the reanimated corpses because they very much are and they're kind of like meandering like there's some levitation because they're possessed but it's mostly <laughs> just like they're they're like people who are like taunting Bruce Campbell basically and it's his job to kill them all um, send the thing back to the Necronomicon um, but they're a good bridge because they in a, in a similar way of like it's what they know like they. The, the zombies, the deadites can like remember things and have conversations and kind of taunt Bruce Campbell about like, mm. we used to date or like, like <laughs> you know, like they're, they're like, they're, they're like having conversations with him and they're taunting him based on their relationship. So it's this kind of like evil reanimated corpse, but that can take advantage of the relationship they had when they were alive, which makes it even harder for him to kill them because he recognizes like, oh no, actually that's, uh, one of them, their name is Linda, and at one point he's like, it's like taunting him, and he's like, shut up, Linda! <laughs> Which is like one of my favorite quotes. Um, but like, I, I think that that is an interesting bridge to like, I think the next kind of iteration of zombies that we're going to talk about, where they are still like recognizably people, they've just been affected in a weird way by a weird thing. Mm. Interesting. And sorry, did you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say within this era, too, just um, so like things we know about zombies that so they eat people. We know pretty much in like every incarnation I saw, it's like a matter of it stems from the brain. So mm -hmm. like they need to be shot in the head or mm -hmm. Night of the Living Dead was super frustrating because they kept hitting him. In the I know. And I'm sitting there like, the head, the head, <laughs> I know. A little higher. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, I... <laughs> The brains thing I feel like comes up all the time when you talk about zombies. Like I just want to eat brains, mm -hmm. and that um, was a later like a knockoff on their film. Like it's of like the same series as like of the dead. Um, all those movies, but Romero didn't do it. Mm -hmm. um, but that's it's funny because I've always thought the brain thing is kind of strange, and there's some like modern things that try to explain that more, mm -hmm. but. If, why would you eat someone's brain if you want to build an army of zombies? Maybe zombies don't think that much, but it's like yeah. Yeah. cannibalizing their whole. Yeah, it's they don't they won't grow if you're eating the brains of a thing because they won't mm -hmm. become a zombie. And yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. But the zombies don't seem to care about each other, so maybe. Yeah. Yeah, well, right. and I think that with zombies, I think that the idea of building a zombie army is not, like, their motivation for yeah. the most part. Like, I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like they're basically just mindless animals who eat because they're hungry, and yeah. whether or not... It's kind of like, like with vampires, like, if they... If they fight somebody and they suck all the blood from them, then that person is just dead. Whereas if they suck a little bit of blood, then that person becomes a fight and becomes a vampire. Or like with werewolves, it's like werewolves can completely kill somebody or they can bite them and turn them into a werewolf. I think zombies are like a similar situation. So if you're bitten by or scratched by or depends on which version you you know, are looking at if (laughs) if you are infected but you are not like completely obliterated then you become a zombie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yes. This gets no. into, like, definition of what a zombie is. No, totally. <laughs> already, yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely. Um, I think the filmer that started explains it away by saying mm-hmm. that the zombies are in pain and eating the brain is what makes the pain go away rather than, like, the intestines or, like, other innards. Um, which is interesting because, again, I've never thought of them as, like, I think of them as mindless, not humans, not yeah. something that's even capable of feeling pain. Right. So, interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, going back to, like, what you are saying about how the zombies are created, though, like, I can't remember about Dawn of the Dead, but Night of the Living Dead, they explain it with, like, aliens, Right, they, they, it, yes. it's or, or radiation kind of related yeah, to it. Yeah. it. This probe came back from Venus yes. with a lot of radiation on it, and they exploded it in the atmosphere, and that's yeah. raining down now. Right. Yep. Which, by the way, that bothered me, like <laughs> that explanation, because and I'm <laughs> such a nerd, guys. <laughs> I am really into space things, and I was just sitting there going, "Probes don't come back from other planets." <laughs> that's that's unrealistic. illogical. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Continue. Just setting that up to be like. Um, the infection thing, it was more like radiation, mm-hmm. or it wasn't really explained away with infection like it does in the next era we're going to talk about. Yeah. So now we can move on to that. <laughs> yes. So, and, sorry, go, go for it. I was going to say, I feel like that era kind of starts with around the same time period as Dead Alive, which, um, yeah. Oh. So, funny story, <laughs> guys. <laughs> funny story. <laughs> so, in preparation for this, we were talking about watching zombie movies from different eras and I knew I was going to watch White Zombie, I knew I was going to watch Night of the Living Dead I knew I was going to watch a whole bunch of modern stuff, um, but I was like, well there's this like 50, 60 year gap here, I need something like from the middle period, so I just looked at a list of zombie movies, Dead Alive was like 1992, <laughs> and I was like, oh directed so by Peter sorry. Jackson <laughs> that should be interesting so, <laughs> so, and I was at the library, I checked it out and I was with my kids at the time, so they were being obnoxious. It was almost their bedtime. I did not pay a lot of attention. I just grabbed the movie and checked it out, got it home, put it in the DVD player, did not think about it. Um, it's super gory. <laughs> and I, I got a little bit into it and just like, nope, can't do this, took it out. And I looked at the case for the first time and right on the front, it, I really should not have been surprised, right on the front it says, Goriest mil- film ever made, and I was like, "Oh, Thanks yeah, that's uh, <laughs> okay." Um, so yeah, it is very gory. But that one, the zombie outbreak starts because somebody's bitten by a Sumatran monkey. Oh, so it's an infection. So it's like Michael Crichton outbreak style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I did not get much further into it than that. So. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm not, no. we're not going to talk about that one anymore. <laughs> yeah, if you're, I mean, if you have, like, a weak stomach, zombie stuff, <laughs> even the remarks that was saying, like, for how low budge it is, like, it looks pretty gross. Yeah. And I don't like they just got him raw meat, and so I'm sitting uh-huh. there thinking about, like, them eating raw meat for real, and I'm like, no, oh, that's so gross. And some of it also <laughs> was, like, leftovers from their, like, lunch on set they just they covered in chocolate sauce and that's what that's what the zombies black eating. and white that's See, a treat. Yeah. the color ruined it a little bit for me. i liked the black and white it was a lot more scary yeah uh, anyway anyway so but yeah some great infection modern. stuff yes. <laughs> get into that um yeah. so yeah is there what do we want to start oh, man. Yeah. right there maybe uh, i feel like i think 28 days later it definitely predates Walking Dead with any of yeah. Max Brooks stuff. So yeah, when did World War Z come out? So I, I feel like that book. I feel like that has kind of in a lot of ways defined the spot, like the professionals we are. Yeah, I feel like World <laughs> War Z has set the parameters for a lot of modern zombie stuff. Two thousand six. Two thousand six. Yeah. So twenty eight days later. The, so twenty eight days later was two thousand three. Okay. Um, the Walking Dead comics started in two thousand three. Shaun of the Dead was two thousand four, mm. and then. Yeah wreck and stuff was 2008 cool well let's let's talk early 2000s yeah Yeah. something happened (laughs) yeah george bush (laughs) george bush happened really yeah tana's got a whole theory (laughs) actually the post 9 11 that's totally yeah and i'm thinking like anthrax scares and yeah so i mean like (laughs) a lot of it continues to be that like reflection of what is happening what we are currently afraid of right now but it's an interesting phenomenon that's actually been happening like since zombie films have been made. Um, and to a lesser extent, vampire films, they don't peak as strongly. Um, when Republicans are in office, uh, there is a collective conscious fear of, cons- like, uh, zombies kind of represent Republicanism in that it is about consumerism, capitalism, get, like, fend for yourself, take what you need, those kinds of things. Um, and when Democrats are in office or hold the majority power in office, um, we get more vampire films because Democrats are often seen as kind of leech-sucking life. Interesting. And so the the trends are a little bit harder to identify with the vampires, like I said, but the the peaks are quite pronounced with Republicans and zombie films. Like, when when there is a Republican in office, like, there is a, a, a very high trend of zombie films overtaking vampire films and, like, a lot of them being made. And I think that this is like a great example because like all of these ones that we're talking about were mid George Bush presidency. Yeah. So Interesting. yeah, there you go. Cool. <laughs> and I don't, yeah, like with things people are afraid of. So I guess there's that aspect of it, but also <laughs> like more fear for catching viruses. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. like yeah. biological weapons and yeah. stuff. Like yes, mm-hmm. that became and like that's huge where all fear. of this <laughs> comes in. Um, so it changes from being. I, I guess radiation still kind of relates, but it's no longer the voodoo sort of thing, or it's right. like you got mm-hmm. bitten, or in some cases there's even just something in the air that's mm-hmm. like that ends up changing you into a zombie. Yeah, for um, sure. Start with Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, <laughs> I have not seen that, so it's okay. <laughs> I love Danny Boyle a lot. Too. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah do you want to talk about Twenty Eight Days? Uh, yeah, I rewatched it since that time that I told you about, so I actually do know the plot. Basically, Killian Murphy wakes up um, in this hospital, and it is deserted, 
uh, you get the sense that he's had some kind of accident. And as he like finds out more and more, it's basically that there has been this kind of pandemic outbreak. Um, and he is one of the only people that is not infected. This is one of the, this like, is maybe kind of what you were alluding to of these are fast zombies that are like super fast and running zoomies. and like gonna, yeah, mm. zoomies. <laughs> and they're gonna like catch you and like attack you. And yeah. so like a lot of it, the film is like very overexposed. Like the greens are so green and like everything just feels like a lot. And there are these beautiful shots of like Killian Murphy walking through abandoned London and stuff. Um, <laughs> but he, he basically um, meets up with like a couple other survivors. Uh, they are trying to escape. Um, they think they're going to get help from the military, but those guys are terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, they kind of realize that um, they, they think that uh, England has basically been quarantined, that it's this tiny little island with a bunch of sick people and that it's been quarantined and that maybe eventually there will be help. So they get into the countryside um, and then like, it's a very hopeful ending of like, they, they're putting out sheets to call for help and the people flying over see them and they, they do survive. But uh, until 28 weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the interesting part of this to me too, I mean, there's the fast zombies, but, um, I mean, I think this is really, really where we get into humans then being the real villains as opposed to the zombies, yes. because you've got Christopher Eccleston, <laughs> 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 I, mean, I didn't know he was in this, <laughs> so he's in this movie probably like, yeah, halfway through, uh-huh. Um, because they've, in the meantime, they've, like, picked up Matt A. Moody and his daughter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of great uh-huh. people in it. Okay. Naomi Harris, who I really love from, mm-hmm. like, Bond and Pirates. And anyway, yeah. but um, they, so they find out that there's, like, some military or there's a bunch of people and they're like, oh, we should go work the other people are like there's more resources and whatnot christopher eccleston's like this general kind of person there with a bunch of oh he's terrible soldiers under him <laughs> um and what you come to find out is that he's beckoning everyone to come there not out of the goodness of his heart to save the people but because um he's got all these men there and the only way to like keep their spirits up and keep them hopeful is he thinks we need women here sure. And, and there's also so, like the repopulation of like we're going to need yes, to like that repopulate too. <laughs> Earth after this is cleared or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but then there's some really uncomfortable it's like Naomi Harris and, and yes. yeah, this young girl are like not about this at all. And, and anyway, and they mm-hmm. just want to force them to repopulate. I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's the kind. I mean, I can talk about Walking Dead <laughs> for a long time, but it's like the things people do to survive or what they think they need to do to survive which can often be really scary yeah um i'm gonna talk about Washington. <laughs> yeah no it's like it, the, the comic yeah. started in 2003 yeah. Time, so. yeah um and it's crazy you said both of them are 2003 so 20 days later and the start of the comics correct because mm-hmm. the comics and the show both open the same way that 28 uh-huh. days later does um with um our hero rick grimes in the hospital and he was injured pre-zombie stuff. And when he wakes up, they're in Georgia and there's like no one around. In Atlanta, at least, everyone's like evacuated the city because, you know, two high, uh, highly dense populations are not good for zombie <laughs> apocalypses. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so he wakes up in that. Um, I don't know how to summarize this series because it's obviously the TV show is now going into like its eighth season or yeah. something. Um, so yeah crazy but um yeah you have rick um 
at the beginning <laughs> on his whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> he he makes it back to his family, his young son Carl. Um, and it's pretty much them in the South trying to figure out what to do about <laughs> this apocalypse. Um, and I don't know, they kind of try living on a farm at one point and they're like, well, it's more, um, like it's away from everything and so the zombies won't find us and that kind of doesn't work out. And then they go to a prison where they think they can um, use as this fortress and keep all the zombies out. And then um, along the way, they just keep running into people who are um, just, you would think that people in this situation would maybe work more together against one common enemy, the zombies. That is not at all what happens in The Walking Dead at all. Um, they're usually fighting some group of humans throughout. Um, I mean, you have the governor at one part of it. So when they're in the prison, um, some of, I guess there's like part of the group is actually in this town called Woodbury. Anyway, you have this guy that in the midst of all this chaos is like, we're going to start our own town and I'm going to run it. And this mm-hmm. is, it's, you have these, it's usually men. So sorry. But, um, it's usually men that come up and say like, now this is my chance to be the leader and to do what I think is right. Um, so you have th- that group and um, I don't know. Do either of you, I know that Tana's heard about the comics. <laughs> uh, so my partner reads them religiously. Like he loves all of them, but I have never read them myself. So yeah, yep. and I, I know <laughs> I know a good amount about them based on research that I've had to do for my job. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I had to write a whole page in. about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I could talk for a long time about that, but I guess that's the part that's interesting to me is like there's literally there's a group of cannibals in mm-hmm. it, and I said I don't really think of the zombies as cannibals, but that's what they're doing, and it's like mm-hmm. these people who are still living and haven't been affected yet are eating people (laughs) and so how are we any better than the zombies you know um there's all sorts of interesting stuff Mm -hmm. in the first season they're like trying to find a cure and they go to the cdc and realize that um everyone is infected and so i think that's a big difference in that series is that when you die you are definitely becoming a zombie whether one has bitten you or not if someone even just shoots you and it's not in the head you're going to come back as a zombie Um, so, I mean, the big line from that is The Walking Dead, the title is not actually talking about the zombies, it is talking about the humans, because mm-hmm. really, they're alive, but it's only a matter of time yeah. before yeah. they die and become one of this, like, horde. Yeah. Um, Helpful. Yeah, very. <laughs> it is the most depressing <laughs> show, and I actually, um, I can't speak to the latest season, because I got one episode, and he was like, yeah, I'm out for the season. I was going to say, I heard about the Negan stuff. I've never even he watched it, and I've heard about Negan. Um, and again, you just have one guy that's like, um, there are these other people, you kind of have groups like, I guess the main thing is they're fighting over resources and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in his group, he's like, you have, they're mooching off of, um, like one group of people. And so they say they'll protect them, but really it's, you give us half your food or we're going to kill you. It's very like bug's life in that way. (laughs) Anyway. Um, and so Rick comes in and they want the food. And so they're like, well, we're going to attack that group so that we can have the food instead. And it's like, well, you're really just doing the same thing as Negan's people are. Um, but anyway, Negan like does a lot of horrible things to try to put them in their place. And it's really brutal. Um, (laughs) Anyway, but 
HTML. If we're still talking about that, just to say, <laughs> like, my favorite episode of it, though, it, I think it really deals with, like, if our world is in ruin, what does that mean, and how do we rebuild it? And my favorite episode is where you have this young girl that, um, the group at this point is all, like, kind of split up, um, but you have a young girl that thinks that the zombies are, like, good or she's friends with them and is trying to talk to them and the adults are kind of like you can't they're going to eat you you can't be around them and so to convince them that no like you want to be one of these things that are good um she kills her sister and waits for her to come back saying no look she'll come back she's good and um so they end up having to kill this girl mm. and it's really sad but it's my favorite because it's like how do you deal with mental illness in the time of the zombie apocalypse when you don't have um, you don't have therapist, or you don't have the medication you need, or so there's just all sorts of things you think about on the show. Like mm-hmm. we no longer have dairy products. We, you know, it's all sorts of stuff. That if we're in that situation, like what do I do? What kind of things do we, are we now without? <coughs> and what kind of problems does that cause? And <coughs> sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah. Cool. Sorry. You can talk about World War Z now. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love World War Z. <laughs> Okay, so World War Z is, um, so it started out as a book, and it's a bunch of, so it's supposed to be um, oral accounts of different people's experience in the zombie apocalypse. So this is after the fact where zombies have been eliminated for the most part. Um, So, and it's supposed to be like a report for the UN. So this guy is interviewing different people and trying to get like, an account of their experiences so we get a very broad range of people talking we get um there's like the account of this girl well she's a woman at this point but she was a a girl living with her parents like when the zombie apocalypse first happened and you know they're everybody's saying oh go north because zombies freeze you'll be safe if you go like above the snow line so all these people like get in their campers and go for this camping trip up in canada and it, they're like in these crowded campsites and at first everybody's like you know joking around it's really you know happy-go-lucky and then as re- resources start running out things get more desperate and it becomes clear that this isn't going to be like a you know a few month thing this is like an ongoing state of the world type situation and people start eating each other and stuff like that um we get so we get a couple stories that give us a hint as far as like how the apocalypse apocalypse started but it's not clear um, but we get an idea of like how the outbreak spreads, so it becomes a global event. We get um, like how it affects uh, like international relationships, which, and so my husband studied international relations, so he found that aspect just fascinating, and I do too, actually. So like you get a nuclear war between um, Pakistan and <laughs> India. No, I don't know. It's like two nuclear powers, which I, it's like a real life like conflict between these two countries. Things are always tense. But there's like um, like refugees coming from one into the other. And so to mm-hmm. eliminate that, they like blow up all these bridges and shut them, like try to mm-hmm. shut down people coming into the country. And it escalates and becomes a nuclear war. So there's nuclear winter to deal with on top of zombies. You get Israel who comes up with their own like plan where they basically build like this huge wall and they have all these intense screenings and they get advance warning that mm-hmm. this is they that this is going to happen like they read the early reports and they're like we're putting up this wall now and so they become like one of the safest places in the world 
Um, and then, but they also talked about how like the Israeli-Pakistan, or sorry, Palestinian conflict is like interwoven into that. Um, South Africa has their own plan, which basically comes down to like it's this extremely racist, like not white supremacy, but like a supreme race type mm-hmm. thing where they like harking back to apartheid and stuff. Yes, it's very like apartheid ish. Um, and then you also have like um, they talk about how zombies are like they can walk under the water, so like water isn't safe. And so they have this, like, ship where they're trying to broadcast messages to people about, like, how to stay safe. But they also receive messages from other boats and other, like, people begging for help. And they can't do anything about it. And, like, the trauma that that involves for those people. They have, like, people on the International Space Station who are stuck in space. Um, They have um, accounts from, like, the U.S. military. Because, you know, the U.S. military is, like... You know, you know, us Americans, we're gun-toting, you know, <laughs> yeehaws. Um, so they, in Yonkers in New York, there's this huge zombie outbreak. It's the start of the zombie outbreak in America. So they send in the military, and they have all this advanced technology that's supposed to help them beat the zombies and how ill-prepared they are for actual zombies, and it's just like a massacre. And how the technology that they're using is actually, like, their downfall. And, oh, there's also, like, an account of these celebrities who hole up in this super secure house and they're like live they have like a live feed so everybody in the country can watch these celebrities in their you know zombie proof house and it turns out so they and they have all the security and the account is from a security guy in the house and so he's like yeah we look at the the camera and there's this horde of beings and it's not zombies it's real life people who want to break into the house because they're so desperate for a safe place. Whoa. Yeah. And um, and uh, also, so the military guy who's talking about the Battle of Yonkers is in the audiobook, voiced by Mark Hamill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, just a side note there. The audiobook, by the way, is just, oh, it's so good. It's got, like, Alan Arkin, Alfred Molina, and Masi Oka, and, oh, it's so good. So many good things. <laughs> anyway, um, there... And then basically what happens in the United States, at least, is so zombies in this version, they are slow. They also cannot climb. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, in Mm -hmm. this version, zombies are uh, dead people. And the virus that has infected them basically just like triggers this little impulse in their brain that prompts them to consume human flesh. Mm -hmm. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's all it is. It's just like this single firing like neuron in their brain telling them to eat. Have you seen the movie? Yes. The movie is so like that, different. Right? I was no, going to say, I thought that. they were fast. I actually no, love yeah. the movie, but recognize that it's like not that at all. Yeah, it's like not the movie. Okay, not that's the interesting because I didn't say, Walking Dead, it's like the brain comes back on, but only mm-hmm. the spinal cord is yeah. like only the part of it that controls your spinal cord. Yeah. So it's like they only have the very basic like mm-hmm. walk, eat, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. And that's basically how, how this is as well, but it's like a, a brain thing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the zombies can't climb. So if you like can build a city up on stilts, which some people do, then you're mostly safe. So does Israel um, stay safe in the, the wall? It does, yeah. <laughs> it does not in the film. But yeah, it does not. <laughs> they like um, pile up until, I guess they still can't know, climb, but, but they like, yeah, they horrifying. Because they just ram into yeah. each other. Yeah, but I mean, even uh, even that doesn't make sense because if they're making a human period that you have to climb on top of other things to get to that point. Anyway. In the movie, um, they don't 
I don't think they like thoughtfully do it though. It seems like just the pressure of like oh, they yeah. keep pushing until there's a yeah. mound of them. Yeah, so that they could end up be at the top. That could be. But yeah, I no, Israel weird. stays safe, but they also draw a lot of ire from the rest of the world because by the by the time that the rest of the world has realized this is a serious problem, Israel is sealed mm-hmm. off and they are not letting other people in. Mm-hmm. And all people that they've let into the country, so they did not discriminate based on country. They said. And they advertised, like, this is open to anybody. And everybody was like, yeah, whatever. We don't actually need that. Um, and then sure, by yeah. the by the time that people realize they do need that and they want to get in, Israel's like, we are sealed off. We are not letting anybody else in. And mm-hmm. so everybody's very angry with Israel. But they do stay safe. Um, but anyway, so what happens is all these people in America wind up fleeing past the Rocky Mountains. And so you have all these relocated people. Oh, also we get stories of, like, religious extremists, like, like these murder-suicide packs where all of these religious extremists cram into their church and the zombies are attacking and they start killing their children and then killing themselves. Um, you also have feral children who, for whatever reason, um, like grow up in like the wild, essentially, with no parents and they're just like trying to survive in this zombie world. Um, you get... But anyway, so people relocate to the other side of the Rocky Mountains and... Oh, also, it's this whole, sorry, there's so much stuff. But the, it also talks about class structure and how that changes because of zombie apocalypse. Like, all the people with practical skills who nowadays would be, like, on the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah. Class, yeah. yeah, the, like, the lower middle class, like, the plumbers and the electricians and the, you know, all these people, mechanics, people who know how to do things with their hands, all of a sudden their skills become way more valuable and, like, all of these corporate bigwigs who are used to looking down on people are now their underlings. And how that affects things. Um, talks about the film industry in the supposed zombie apocalypse. <laughs> anyway, but so they wind up, um, they're on the other side of the Rocky Mountains. There are still some zombies who manage to, you know, infiltrate, but they're mostly safe. And then they wind up, like, getting old school shotguns and just making a line and just sweeping the country and just shooting zombies. Oh. And the old school guns that you actually have to, like, manually reload and, like, taking the time to fire instead of just shooting randomly, like... They have to relearn basic like huh. warfare in order to mm-hmm. combat zombies. Interesting. It is fascinating. <laughs> I love this book. Anyway, that's World War Z. But <laughs> that's but yeah, interesting so. to me though that I feel like in every other zombie thing I've seen, you have like groups of people that work to stay alive or whatnot, but there's mm-hmm. not like this nationwide planned effort yeah. to like in Walking Dead there's no electricity anymore yeah. because no one kept it up or the people that were in charge died and no one took it over or like this sounds like people actually kept everything running yeah it had like a show like a tv show and stuff mm-hmm. like live feed or whatever yeah yeah at least that's at the very beginning oh um, okay things kind of deteriorate more and more but like yeah. if Makes you sense. if you were part of this like mm-hmm. essentially colony of you know on the western west coast of the united states like they still have houses they have to share houses and stuff, yeah. and they still have, like, jobs. They have a film industry. It's like a anti-zombie propaganda film industry. <laughs> That's how it survives. <laughs> um, the end, but for the most part, the world is really fractured and, like, mm. messed up, and nobody knows what to do, and everybody's just fending for themselves. But then you get – it's actually the United States who winds up, like, leading the, the charge mm. and figuring out the way to defeat the zombies. Hmm. Oh, also, North Korea completely disappears. Like, like, so, and this is a real-life thing. People speculate that in North Korea, they have underground tunnels and bunkers so that the entire country, in the case of nuclear war, the entire country could go underground. Interesting. Um, So, basically, the zombie outbreak happens, and everybody in North Korea just disappears. 
Wow. And even after it's over, they still have no idea where they are. Oh. But anyway. <laughs> and then you have the movie that I feel like <sighs> we talked about War of the Worlds and Tom Cruise and how... Yeah. I think it did the same thing as that, where it took, like, this interesting, like, worldwide epidemic and then had to make it about one person or one uh-huh. family because that's the only way you can really do a movie yeah. that's maybe less interesting. It is dramatically <laughs> interesting. Um, I don't remember any of this interesting stuff happening in it. Yeah, no. yeah exactly. I was like, they do find it interesting in not, that one, which... Yeah. I, everything else and so grim it's like well you're yeah. dead or going to die and that yeah. one they actually like start healing so yeah yeah I think in the movie they don't heal the zombies but they find a way to protect themselves there so that they go. can mm. fight the zombies and the zombies yeah, won't come so. after them mm. but yeah it's dumb <laughs> it's dumb if you're gonna if you're either gonna read the book <laughs> or watch the movie then read the book <laughs> um anyway so moving on yeah um, um what else have we watched because <laughs> This is kind of it, and I had with the infection outbreak sort of stuff, but something I wanted to note here is that um, how zombies then became, like, instruction for surviving actual disasters. Like, mm-hmm. the CDC yeah. has a zombie preparedness, like, stuff, and yeah. it's tongue-in-cheek, but it's like, well, if people are interested in zombies, we may as well teach them practical skills. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. yeah, I took a Walking Dead course online mm-hmm. that had, like, mm-hmm the physics of, like, killing a zombie and how you would do that. And then wow. food-wise, like, if you didn't have anything else, here's how you would get all the nutrition you needed. Yeah, and, interesting. Um, how, like, we would restart a society and maybe some different types of government we might consider. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. it's, like, really practical stuff there's, all in the context of The Walking Dead. <laughs> there's also, so Max Brooks, the guy who wrote World War Z, yeah. I'm pretty sure he's the same guy. He wrote the Zombie, zombie Survival, survival guide. guide, which uh-huh. yep. goes into, like, all these different weapons and, like, the pros and cons of each one for fighting zombies. <laughs> And, like, different knots and traps that you can use to catch food and, like, all of this stuff. It's really cool. Anyway. People are learning real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, the two, I have two more in the, in the like, infected category that I'll just give, like, one-line summaries of. Uh, so the first one is Rec, which is a 2007 um, Spanish-language film. Uh, it's, it was remade in 2008 as Quarantine in the U.S., um, but both of them are focused on... Uh, the idea is that a priest was doing research to... Uh, find the scientific cause of demonic possession and he finds out that it's a virus and he has a girl that has this virus and he keeps her in this hotel and surprise surprise gets out and so they quarantine this hotel so all of the both of the films are found footage of a news reporter who is following along the firefighters who got called to their to the hotel to or i guess it's an apartment complex but this this one building or whatever, and then gets quarantined and quarantined inside, and so it's this like illness that's like spreading, coming down the floors, and like they're trying to block things off. And I gotta see this. It's very fun. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, real quick, is this actually kind of it still falls into the infected zombie, uh, I guess like genre, but it is a more recent one. It's 2016. It's called um, Train to Busan. Um, it's a Korean zombie film, mm-hmm. and it's a similar idea of. Uh, like this virus is not religious background or whatever, but like this virus is kind of taking over in, on this, um, in Korea at large. Uh, and the main story follows this dad and his daughter who are trapped on a train. Basically they're, they're, they are like, they're on the train and some of the zombies are on the train. And so it's like getting through the cars full of zombies to get to the front. And then like 
making it to a station that's not overrun with zombies and um it's also very fun so both of those are interesting because they're like the, <laughs> they're the they're kind of like an infection related one but in a very closed off space and that's like very much a part of like the building and wreck and the train in train busan are very much a part of the story so mm-hmm. those are fun ones as well that are yeah. in the genre <laughs> yep oh also i don't think we talked about Shaun of the dead as well. well, that one takes us to the next. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. So, right satire. No, <laughs> satire, comedies, yeah. that sort of business. <laughs> yes. Yeah, basically, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Do it. Yeah. Well, so, like, I guess just, like, introducing it. So, I was reading a lot about how, like Shannon was saying, that zombies kind of represent this cultural, like, our, our fears or whatever. Um, but an article that I read in The Atlantic, uh, it's, I'm pretty sure, called... Uh, our zombies ourselves maybe (laughs) Um, which is great Uh, it talks about um, how we had like there are definitely things that you can point to like you had the Haitian slave zombies that was kind of like a a cultural feel fear for Haitians and then there is like the US kind of guilt and fear with that and then we have I mean even in around the wars and stuff there were Nazi zombie films being made and stuff and, and and then we get into, like, with Romero, where it's, like, race relations and, like, radiation and consumerism and, like, all these things. And the argument is that now we are kind of in a place where zombies have stopped representing fears and they have become a place for us to enact our fantasies. Um, and that we are now, like, rather than using them fruitfully to, like, wrestle with our demons, we're now just, like, you know what would be fun? This story was zombies, and basically <laughs> yeah. like elevating the stakes and making it this kind of like new frontier where the where the protagonist can be like ultra super instead of just like regular <laughs> super in their day to day lives. Right. So, yeah. Which is kind of like. So, have you seen Shaun of the Dead? Mm-hmm. Do you yeah. want to talk about that one? Sure, I'll talk about that. Talk about it. So, Shaun of the Dead. Um, it's a it's an Edgar Wright film. It has uh, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, and Simon Pegg plays this guy who's just kind of this everyday bit of a loser kind of guy and um he uh <laughs> it's so great this zombie outbreak happens and he doesn't even realize that he walks down the street to the store and there's like blood some hand like bloody handprints on the coolers and like zombies walking around he's just completely oblivious doesn't even see it um until there's like a zombie in his backyard <laughs> and he and nick frost are like throwing stuff at it and they think it's just this drunk girl and that she's coming on to him because she's trying to bite him and, and then they, like, accidentally push her because they're like, hey, knock it off. And they push her. She falls onto this pike, and it, like, goes through her body, and then she, like, gets back up, and they're just like, oh, this is the problem. And then they start watching TV. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, so the zombie outbreak happens, and so it's these two dudes, and they're just trying to protect the people that they care about. So they go and get um, his uh, Simon Pegg's mom and um, – her husband's played by Bill Knight. I love him so much. He's so great. And he's been bitten, so they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to go and kill my stepdad, which he, <laughs> who he hates. Um, and um, and he's just imagining this, like, happy, perfect world where he's going to get everybody he cares about, and they're going to go to the pub, and they're just going to wait this out. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so great. So they go, and they, like, anyway, so they get his mom and the stepdad, because the mom won't leave the stepdad. Like, what do you know? She doesn't want to leave her husband. <laughs> Um, so they bring him along until he turns into a zombie. Um, they get his now ex-girlfriend who's ditched him because he's, like, a loser who, like, fall- is constantly, like, not following through on his promises. 
they get them and her her roommates and they go to the pub and uh things go sour the zombies get in and people start dying off and um in the end the military comes in and like saves the day and he and his now they're officially together again they like it's six months later and life has mostly gone back to normal and Simon Pegg goes out to the backyard and the shed and his buddy Nick Frost who's now a zombie is <laughs> chained up out there and they play video games together yeah that's the movie it's great uh, there's also uh, if you don't watch the movie I highly recommend googling the don't stop me now uh, queen pub brawl um, <laughs> there's a really wonderful like it's shot like spinning around while three of the people have pool cues and they're beating a zombie to the beat of queens don't stop me now yeah it's, it's great. fantastic <laughs> yeah that's Shaun of the Dead yeah another another similar one like that is kind of in that tr- that same trend of um s- sorry Nick Frost character at the end mm. uh it's called Fido and okay. it's basically um it's in this world where there was a zombie apocalypse, but they got it under control, and now it's 1950s, like, keeping up with the Joneses, where they've basically made collars for the zombies, and they are, like, servants and pets, kind of. Oh, like, wow. And so, like, like one dude has a zombie, and he's, like, kind of has a thing with her, and, like, Ew. yeah, it's not great. Um, but, like, <laughs> so one of the things that, like, it, it's a keeping up with the Joneses in that, like, you are rich if you have a zombie and like all the best families have zombies and interesting yeah and so one of these is the the main family it focuses on this little boy who kind of becomes best friends with their their zombie fido and like um then there's like turmoil because like sometimes the collars malfunction and they get violent and like but it's it's a very like funny weird kind of dystopian (laughs) utopian suburbia thing that's fun so interesting (laughs) Um, yeah, kind of going back to what you were saying about Shaun of the Dead and movies now like being living out our fantasies. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's one way to take it. I also think there's that um, not so much that it's making us live out our fantasies, but the zombie apocalypse forcing people to do more than they otherwise would have because you have uh-huh. Sean like at the beginning how he like he yawns or something it's like he is one of the zombies oh, yeah. like, you think he is one until you realize he's not but he sounds just like <laughs> them or they play video games and are unfazed and they just do this one thing and that's what the zombies uh-huh. essentially do you mm-hmm. know um yeah i don't know relating it back to the fears of before maybe it's just our own insignificance or i don't know the worry that we're not doing enough or that like with the amount of media or things at our disposal that yeah. we're just becoming the society that you know we just watch screens all day and we're yeah, not yeah. doing things of value yeah i think it also reflects um a lot of people of our generation um their fear of conformity as well oh um, yeah hmm. yeah uh yeah that's like zombie land yeah <laughs> like yeah. that's both of those i feel like are present in it it's mm-hmm. like poking fun at it the whole time but like the point is that like jesse eisenberg like has to step up and i mean like you can cut this if it's not appropriate but like (laughs) the thesis of that whole thing i feel like is nut up or shut up like (laughs) what woody harrelson says to him like at the beginning of the movie and like that's what he has to do it's the thing of like what i was doing before like i was this kind of weak and like i'm never going to survive i wouldn't have survived in the real world let alone Mm -hmm. the zombie world and Mm -hmm. in order to like survive i have to 
yeah. change and like do more, be more. It creates all the yeah. stand out. And that one around. Uh-huh. The double tap. <laughs> yeah. Great one. Yeah. Uh, um, should we should we move on a little bit within this the kind of like comedy we have like zombies is the good guys on some yes oh because like we've got warm bodies yeah where like the whole thing is in i didn't watch this in anticipation of this i've just seen it before but Mm -hmm. um with r i believe is Mm -hmm. the, Uh the main zombie where he um i did the whole thing's from the zombie's perspective yeah and it's um I mean, the zombies, they find, we get a sense that he does have some thoughts. He's not just this mindless thing walking around. Um, but, I mean, they end up, he falls in love, and love is what takes him out of the zombie state. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, not speaking to love, but speaking to their explanation about the brains in that one, I thought was super interesting. Yeah. yeah. Of, of, like, when you eat the brain, you get to live that person's memories, and you get to feel like what it was alive what what it was like to be them and alive for a while and yeah, like yeah. it's this like very like i don't know effervescent like wonderful feeling yeah which yeah. is cool and how like zombies are secretly craving being alive uh-huh and, mm-hmm. yeah and in that one there there are two different types of zombies as well there's the regular zombies and then there are the bonies that's right which are basically mm-hmm. zombies that have given up hope and become these like skeleton creatures and they're a lot faster they peel all their skin away they move faster mm-hmm. they're a lot more scary um but yeah um, I watched that. I so I have avoided warm bodies for a long time because it's I was cheesy. like, oh, oh that yeah. sounds so cheesy and dumb, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> I really liked it. I saw it four times in theaters. It did, it did like there's something endearing about it. Yeah. The music also it, like that. If if we're talking about like the millennial hipster fear of conformity, yeah. that soundtrack was built for hipsters. It's yeah. like funny <laughs> bear and and yeah. super gross and yeah. ridiculous. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Warm Bodies is like a Romeo, like we talked about this, it's Romeo and Juliet, but in zombie world, um, in which there is a cure and it, it is love. Yeah. If you like, yeah. if you like it, it was actually based on a short story by Isaac Marion called I Am a Zombie Filled with Love. Oh. So, I was going to say, it's a novel too. Yeah. So, so he wrote the story okay. and then turned it into a novel got and then it. got turned into a book. That's fun. So, <laughs> it's a um, story. Yeah. yeah. Also along the same lines as iZombie. Um, I don't know anything about that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I started watching <laughs> I it. I, I got four episodes in and I am hooked. I'm going to have to like binge watch it. <laughs> um, but so it's a show on the CW. They're going into season three this year, I think. Um, based on a graphic novel. Based on a graphic novel. And oh. the, the intro is all like comic booky. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so there's, it's this girl who's like a nurse and she has a life and um, she has a fiance and this girl that she works with invites her to this party on a yacht and it's crazy and they have this new kind of drug that everybody's doing on the yacht and it turns everybody into zombies and they start like fighting each other and there's this one dude who's like the dealer and he had been really creepy and coming on to her earlier and he's gone full zombie mode and he scratches her and she wakes up and she's a zombie um and but she's still like completely human like so these zombies go when they get really angry um, or really high on adrenaline, they go into what they describe as full zombie mode. Like their eyes go red and they just like oh, have like this. Hulk. They kind of hulk out mm-hmm. and they have this insatiable desire for human flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, they're very normal, mm-hmm. essentially human people, but they're oh. dead. And like their hair goes white and their skin goes really, really pale. Mm-hmm. And um, so she has this job as a nurse and she gives it up and becomes, she works in the morgue. So she uses her medical experience, but it gets her access to brains. 
Um, so, and the interesting thing is she will eat somebody's brain. She does it, like, she heats it up in the microwave and then oh. puts it into, like, real food. Oh. So she, and with zombies also, the only things that they can really taste are super spicy things. So she has, like, triple, you know, pepper, like, <laughs> hot sauce that she puts on everything. Um, so she eats these brains and the guy that she works with figures it out and he's like trying to use his scientific and he used to work at the CDC. Mm. So he's trying to use his expertise to figure out a cure for zombieism. Um, so, but anyway, so she eats these brains and it allows her, she kind of, she starts embodying some of the traits of that person. So the first episode, she eats this woman's brain and this woman is a kleptomaniac. So she starts like, I don't know why I need these hokey red eyeball, like fake eyeballs, but and she puts them in her pocket. <laughs> she's like, she's stealing all these things that are red for some reason. And she's just like, I don't know why I need that stapler, but I do. <laughs> um, and uh, and so she's, she's becoming a kleptomaniac like the person whose brain she ate, but it wears off after a little while. But the other effect is um, she has these flashbacks. Like, she'll see things that trigger these flashbacks into that person's life. Oh. Um, so the detective who's investigating the death of this woman whose brain she ate um, is trying to figure out who she is, and she has a flashback, and she goes, oh, she was arrested in Canada for shoplifting, and they do a Google search, and they're able to find her. Um, and so to explain this to the detective, um, she basically starts pretending to be a psychic, a la psychic. Um, <laughs> But it's so great. Like, the second episode, she eats the brain of this really, like, passionate artist who has lots of affairs with women and, like, describes <laughs> things in these really, like, flowery ways. And she starts talking like that. And then she starts <laughs> – so she has this flashback of one of this guy's mistresses and, like, their actual affair. And so she, she goes to the detective and they interview this woman. The whole time she's, like, leering at her super creepily. <laughs> so great. Um, but anyway, so that's iZombie. So she uses her zombieism to essentially as a superpower. So, yeah. Cool. I like it. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to check, that check out. out. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, great. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have other ones? Or should we just no, I mean, we, we watched some other ones. Like I watched Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It's not great. <laughs> it's, yeah. We're, let's just not talk about it. There are lots. I'll post some zombie songs I enjoy nice. on, on our Facebook group. Um, there's one, If I Were a Zombie, which is a love song. <laughs> um, there's also a good one called Regarding Your Brains. Um, it's like, I don't know, this guy, his coworker, he's like a zombie, wants to eat his coworker's brains. It's really entertaining. Yes. So anyway. Cool. All right. So, um, so are we wrapping up then? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do sweet. it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, sweet. So to wrap this up, let's just each give one recommendation of the one, the one thing that you would recommend for people who don't have a lot of knowledge about zombies. Oh, first, so much. I, I can go first. Yeah. Uh, it is the audiobook for World War Z. <laughs> Hands down. You have, like, it's so easy to listen to, guys. Just put it on in the car. Like, it's, you get hooked so fast. It's funny because I'm having a hard, I think I have a hard time with audiobooks in general. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. They have, and they I actually, think like, reading it would be better for me. But. Maybe. But I love the audiobook because it has all these really great actors. And so, and it's not just, like, people just dry reading this really, you know. Yeah. It's it's supposed to be an oral history, and so it makes sense to me right. in audiobook, and they get really good people to do it. So I highly recommend it. 
Yeah. Uh, my recommendation, I get, I'm taking two. Um, <laughs> I would recommend Night of the Living Dead for what it did for the genre, for race in um, horror. Like, that I feel like is an important thing to see, but it is not, for me, was not a scary film. Like, it was not, I was not like, mm-hmm. oh, this is like super like frightening. Mm-hmm. Like, the zombies are slow moving and like not terrifying. Yeah. For that, I recommend Train to Busan. <laughs> so, really? the, the okay. Korean one. It's great. And it's on Netflix That's right really now. Scary. So. Mm, it's it. just intense. It's zombies, so. Yeah. There's some cool. good jumps. Great. Uh, oh, I don't know. I really do like The Walking Dead. <laughs> That's a big commitment um, to do that one. Um, I, I was going to say Night of the Living Dead. Uh, I In reading things, people kept saying, like, Dawn of the Dead is, like, the quintessential one. But I really did like Night of the Living Dead better. <laughs> and so I recommend that one. I also watched the remake of Dawn of the Dead, which is really good. I didn't bring that up. It's really good. It's there's, it's not too similar to the original, um, except it is also in a mall, and they do have some cameos from the original. That was really fun if you watch them back to back. But um, that one was really good too. So I don't know. Watch all the things. I like them all. <laughs> Great. All right, sweet. Well, I think that's it for us this week. Um, join us next week. So next week we are going to be honoring Guy Fox Day um, and talking about V for Vendetta. Um, also, so if you are listening on iTunes, please give us a review, a little ratey rating. Um, yeah, rate, review, subscribe. Yeah, <laughs> rate, review, subscribe. Um, if you are, if you are on Facebook, uh, go over to our Facebook page and follow us. Leave a review there. We are at Pop Culture Footnotes. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. We're going to be trying to live tweet more stuff as we prepare for our upcoming episodes. So. Um, keep an eye on Twitter for that. We'll also be announcing it on the blog and Facebook, like what we're doing and when. Um, but yeah, Twitter, you can follow us at, at PC Footnotes. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, please email them to us. We are popculturefootnotes at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us and we will see you and next time. Thanks. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say thanks to those who listened so far. I feel yeah. like we've been doing this in a vacuum for so long, but <laughs> like to hear people say, I really enjoyed that or that uh-huh. was helpful to me. Yeah. It was like, that's so encouraging. <laughs> yes. We should continue doing this. We thing. love our listeners. So, that's so good. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, have a great week and we will Happy talk Halloween to you next time. Too, Happy so Halloween. Happy <laughs> <laughs> Halloween.